Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 126 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Well, it's undeniably good, but oh, so hard to do or want to do. It's self-discipline. And we're going to talk about how to be more disciplined in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hey, thanks for joining us. This is episode 126 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates, along with my friend, Armin Asadi. And Armin, the dream. That's right. Is here today. Straight from the loadout team. (laughs) You know, I think I used the Armin, the dream last time. (laughs) Okay, we're going to make it stick. (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us on this episode. This is the podcast for what's next in life. And And we actually like to talk about new things and what's next in life. And I think that I'm always turning over new stuff and thinking about new things. And that has its own problems, of course, too, because it's so easy (laughs) to leave the other stuff behind. I can relate. Yeah, right? (laughs) But this podcast is really about reinvention. It's about reinventing our lives, reinventing the way we look at the world and even the opportunities that we might have in front of us. So often we get stuck. We stay in what seems to be comfortable for us. We don't move on and think about and stretch. And so what we try to do in this podcast are tackle some of the stuff that really what we want to do is just get you thinking. We don't come here with the expectation we have all the answers. We want to just tee up the conversation, have you work out for yourself things in your own life that maybe just need to be stretched a little bit more. And we're going to really come right at the solar plexus today, aren't we, Armin? Yes, one part of body i don't want to be struck <laughs> well we talked about the vulnerability <laughs> episode but we're going to go right at it yeah. today we're going to talk about self-discipline yeah. and uh, oh i know did you just throw up over there <laughs> well i can tell um it, because uh you know i've certainly had those thoughts myself we have to really address this i'm i'm surprised really over 126 episodes that we haven't really talked with the D word here so much. It is a D word. You know, a lot of of the stuff we're going to talk about, though, we have covered in previous podcasts, but I think it's good to put it under this umbrella of, you know, how would you describe how self-disciplined you are? You Mm -hmm. know, and that's really the the question. We're going to come back to that in a minute, but we do have a little bit of inspiration, and you're Mr. Inspiration here. Yeah, totally. I am so inspirational. Get ready to be inspired. So this is by Vincent Van Gogh, and I hate him for saying this, but he says, great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a verse that talks about how impulse <laughs> gives you great success in this world? Um, maybe Impulsive in hesitations. <laughs> yeah. 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 Best customer, eh? Huh? <laughs> right? Yeah. Best customer you'll ever have. Sure, I'll take that. I don't need it, but sounds good at the time. Yeah. Well, I think most of the 
mistakes we make in our life are probably ones made of based on impulse. Yeah. You know, you say, you say my the, life is a good case study of that. Well, you know, you, <laughs> the words that you regret saying are not usually the measured words. They're the ones that came, oh my God. came on impulse, you know, and Vincent Van Gogh's really puts that into perspective. And I think it's really an important quote and inspire me for us to think about because it ties not, it ties great things with thinking, not thinking and doing that isn't just impulsive. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about solar plexus earlier. This kind of hits me because I tend to be impulsive. I tend to see things and, and act on them. And mm-hmm. I'm probably the, I would say I was scum for self-discipline. I've really improved in that area. I wouldn't say that I'm the paragon of self-discipline, but I would say that it is an area in my life that I have really, really paid attention to. Yeah, you're doing a lot better than I am. <laughs> well, I'm journal. I'm I'm, 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 I'm older than you are too, Armin. So by the time you get to my age, you'll probably be way beyond where I'm at. But let's hope so. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's why I'm spending sure. time with you. I'm like, come on, Larry, make me better version of you. Yeah, it's yeah. probably not going to happen. Well, you know, when you hear the words self-discipline, and when I've heard the words discipline and self-discipline, it they they were kind of running words. They yeah. were. <laughs> Yeah, I got it. This isn't the topic. And I don't know how many people we've lost already in this episode because <laughs> they don't want, <laughs> it's too late. They're gone. But I, I this idea. OK, so maybe maybe it's the word discipline that it in itself is something that kind of discourages everyone, because every time you heard the word discipline, I mean, you always think of your parents disciplining you sure. or something weird yeah. like that, you know, so like. I guess my first question would be: Is there is there a difference between discipline and self discipline? Is 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 there something there that's m- throwing us off? Yeah, well, maybe so. And that in that discipline usually, just by itself, is often in the parental sense, you know, has a negative connotation because you're told no. Right. You know, usually discipline comes with spankings and right. other forms of punishment. Broken wooden and, spoons. <laughs> and really, you know, the idea of discipline in that sense is to is to chart the character of of a child into yeah. the right direction, right? Into a, uh, into a productive and meaningful way so that they have good self-control. Of course, self-control being one of the fruit of the spirit. And that is indeed a challenge for us when we try to think about self-discipline. It's one of the hardest things to accept about self-discipline as a practice. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I think I've had so much resistance to it over the years is that it always felt like something that was restrictive. And I wonder, Armin, how much of that is because I have a high perceiver value in the Myers-Briggs, you know, personality type. So I wonder if if people who are not as much of a perceiver, meaning you don't like to keep your, you know, perceivers like to keep options open and they're very flexible and they can go with the flow and they can can. do lots of different things. And I operate in different contexts differently, but, you know, I do like to be more or less spontaneous. Yeah. And when you talk about discipline, that's like anathema to somebody who <laughs> likes spontaneity and right. let's have fun. And, right. you know, discipline is, you know, you put fun and discipline, you can almost put them on the opposite end of the spectrum. Pretty much, yeah. That That's how I viewed it in my mind. Hmm. But actually, as I've come to recognize that the biggest change that we can make in terms of becoming more self-disciplined is to embrace self-discipline, not as something that isn't fun, not as the polar opposite of fun, but as an enabler. And once I started seeing discipline as an enabler to the things that I want, then it became a tool rather than a overlord. And the problem I was seeing with the word self-discipline is this, that it's taking something away from me 
rather than something that's giving something to me. And I think that's the point of Van Gogh's quote. Great things are not done by impulse, but by a series of small things brought together. And I think that we're the ones bringing them together, and it's a series of small things. All that kind of is in his way of saying, you know, by a disciplined mind. Okay, let's talk about then what is self-discipline then? Well, self-discipline really is, you know, simply the ability to train yourself in a particular direction. So it, it's the great thing. So if you take Vincent van Gogh's quote, you say, what is that great thing that I want? And I think this is a part of the problem that a lot of us have in embracing self-discipline. We don't know what it is that we want. So it's hard to be disciplined towards something when it's not something that you really know you want. Right? So are you, okay, so let me, let me ask this. So do you have to want it for you to get it? Or can it be something that you know you need even though you don't want it? <laughs> well, mm, I don't know. Give me an example. So I, I have no desire to do the type of workout that I, I know I need to do, mm-hmm. right? But because I don't want to do it, does that mean that's going to affect this idea of discipline? Well, then maybe you need to get at a deeper why. And that's one of the key things for how you go about uh, instituting self-discipline. Because you'll never, for instance, I'll never lose weight or you'll never exercise, gain weight, weight or whatever you're... I can burp and lose a pound. (laughs) No problem there. Well, let's trade because you could have some of my weight if you need to burp off a bit. But here's the thing. I think the issue is unless we get a hold of what the why is, we can't we can't engage discipline. So, for instance, your why isn't about or a why around exercise, let's put it that way, isn't about whether you should or shouldn't do something. It's about what do you gain or lose if you don't. Yeah. So, do you gain the I gain a lot and I actually know that I gain a lot. I still can't find it's it's terrible i can't find the motivation to do it i, I let alone the discipline to do it you know? yeah it's yeah. weird it's pathetic that's why i was so interested in this yeah because i feel like this is going to be a gut shot it's going to make me yeah yeah like, oh. well let's talk about that a little bit when we get down to how we go about doing it but to answer your question about what it's about i i do, I do like what theodore rubin said he said self-discipline is simply self-direction toward a particular goal and it's very simply put that way. And if we don't know what the goal is, it's a little hard to be disciplined to it. Maybe that is the issue. Maybe I don't have a set goal. Well, I think that's a problem for a lot of people like we're talking about. We don't know what it is that we want to create. And when yeah. you don't know what it is you want to create, discipline just seems like rules yeah. for no reason at all. So that's so. if I'm tracking with you, there seems to be a process here. So one, you have to know why. Your greater, deeper why as mm-hmm. to why you want to do this and two, it seems like you have to have a tangible goal, which is really what I was missing in terms of the example I just gave, because it's not really tangible goal. Like there isn't a weight level. There wasn't. Right. You know. Well, if you think about your whys, they come in different levels, right? So let's talk about exercise for a second. Okay. Your why could be that you'll go to the club and work out. Why? Because you feel good after you do. All right. So that's kind of an immediate thing, Right. right? You could have a deeper level of why, and that is because staying healthy allows you to stay with your family longer. Okay, so that's right. a deeper level of why. Yeah. And then you can even transcend that, for instance. You can almost have a generation kind of why here. So this is very fascinating. There was a study that was done by Yale University, and Michael Yankee reports on this, and he said they did a seven-year study 
on how a person's actions in their life affect the lives of their kids. And what they did was they took analysis of two men, Max Jukes and Jonathan Edwards. Okay. And the difference between these two guys, Max Jukes was an atheist, and he believed in the abolition of laws and rules, and he formed an organization called the Freedom Movement that basically preached free sex, no laws, no formal education, no responsibilities. In other words, Anarchy. no discipline, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, this is, this is how he's living his life. Just whatever you want to do on the impulse, you do. Okay? Right. And then Jonathan Edwards, of course, was a very disciplined man, not because he disciplined his children harshly, but he was a self-disciplined man, and he became a preacher, and he believed by leading by examples, and authored a couple of books even on physical fitness and on kindness, and he later became responsible for teaching people. Now, here's what they were chosen in the study, because both men had fathered 13 children. So they looked at what happened to their kids. Holy smokes. Okay, so here's the legacy that was left behind. Max Jukes had 1,026 descendants at the time of the study. Okay? 300 of them were convicts. 27 of them were murderers. 190 of them were prostitutes. And 509 were alcoholics and drug addicts. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that was his legacy. <laughs> Jonathan Edwards had 929 descendants, a little fewer but of those, 430 were ministers, 314 were war veterans, 75 were authors, 86 were college professors, 13 were university presidents, 7 were congressmen, 3 were governors, and 1 was a vice president of the United States. Wow. So there's a, you know, you can take this why question about why you should be disciplined <laughs> and you can lay that out into the generations. That's taking a long term view about the effect that you might have wow. in what your kids are observing and how you work and behave and then how that transforms their lives and the lives huh. of their kids right so you literally wow. could be the person that breaks the chain and causes a tremendous contribution to the world based on what you choose to do today now think of the power of that that's probably no that's not probably that is the most profound and motivating and inspiring thing around self-discipline i've ever heard is that story that's insane. That, now, if that doesn't get you to go up in the morning and start working out because you know what? <laughs> you got descendants that are counting on you being wow. self-disciplined. So that's a long-term view. Are you so, kidding? Yeah. I mean, think you just, if we've ever had an interest around the legacy that we leave, you just left the mark and it was around self Discipline of all. I never thought self-discipline would have anything to do with legacy. You just created a legacy motivator. Right. That's insane. Well, I didn't create it. I was just pointing out the study that that brought it to light. I've read but, so many things on self-discipline, <laughs> but I've never seen that or heard that story. That's yeah, incredible. it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a really terrific terrific story. But you know, this is really really hard thing to do. And the problem with self-discipline, and I love what Roger Thompson had to say. We've had him on our program a couple of times, right? <laughs> miss both. You, you, you <laughs> have missed. Sorry, both. Pastor Roger. It's not personal. Well, that's your loss. <laughs> I know. But you know, he, he he was so incisive in one of his. Teachings. And he says this, Armin. He says, the problem with self discipline is that not doing it is instantly rewarded. Whoa, 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 say that again? The problem with self discipline is that not doing it is instantly rewarded. Wait, how? Wait, explain that. How is it rewarded by not doing it? Because, you know, I, I, if I don't go to the club because I want to sit and watch TV, I'm rewarded by watching TV. You know, it's like not doing it is its own reward because it, okay. it, it serves our own 
self-interest. I mean, in other words, we have to choose to be self-disciplined. Huh. And usually when you choose to be self-disciplined, you're doing something that you don't really want to do at the time, but you're doing it because you're committed to doing it. In other words, when you choose to do something from a self-disciplined way, you're basically saying, this is a non-negotiable. I'm committed to this and yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And you do it. The whole idea of a discipline is that you do it regardless of how you feel about it because you're committed to it. Hmm. Right. Interesting. And, and so, you know, the not doing it has its own immediate reward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Roger's point in the, in the challenge we have is that in our society today, we are at the peak, the absolute, well, I don't know if it's the peak of what it will be, but I think it's the peak of what it ever has been of distraction. There has been more and more and more things that continue to distract us, and we are able to think less deeply about our lives because we're torn in so many different directions. And a large part of that, really, frankly, is the Internet. Yeah. And I've been reading this book. I think you know, I've, we've talked about this, Armin, a little bit by Nicholas Carr called The Shallows. And he makes a very compelling argument about how technology, and it always has been this way, has changes, in fact, the way we think. And there have been a lot of studies that show that we think differently because when we use the Internet to read versus mm. when we read a book. Wow. For instance, just looking at a web page and having – they did some studies that say having somebody read something on a web page with hyperlinks versus somebody reading something that had no hyperlinks – like a book, like a book, or even a web page without hyperlinks. Okay. okay, the amount of retention for those that had the hyperlinks versus those that didn't was much much lower. And the reason is because they had to decide in a microsecond or even subconsciously whether they were going to click through the link or not. Mm. And each time you do that, it's a distraction and it lowers your ability to think deeply about something. So one of the real powers of immersive reading in a book is that it gets you into this place where it quiets the brain and all you're thinking about is what you're reading Wow! as opposed to trying to make decisions about whether you should stay interactive. Now, the whole point of all that is that we have so many distractions coming around and with so many distractions, it's hard to stay disciplined right? because you're always just like a gerbil on a wheel. You're jumping from one thing to the next and just keep the thing moving. Right. So that's a part of the reasons why it's so difficult for us to get disciplined about a thing. Okay, around that idea of it being so difficult, is there any other aspects or any other ideas that you might have as to why it might be so difficult for people to become self-disciplined? Well, I think the two big things are that we don't know what we want to create. And we, well, maybe there's three. The first thing I think is, I mean, that we have a distorted view about what discipline is. We've talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. we, we see it as an encumbrance or restriction rather than a tool, something that can liberate us to achieve what we want to do. Like Van Gogh said, right? Mm -hmm. Great things are accomplished, not by impulse. So when we see that discipline allows us to accomplish great things, then it changes the way we think about it. So that's, mm -hmm. that's first. Second is that we don't know what the great thing is that we want to accomplish. And I think when we don't know what we want to accomplish, it's hard for us to choose to be disciplined in something. And then third is we don't know what the why is. We don't know why we're trying to do it, which we talked about already. And so if we don't have a good reason, why would we do it? It's like, you know, you might as well just go beat your head against the wall or something to right. do some <laughs> self-inflicted damage because, you know, that's all you're doing. Nobody wants to destroy themselves, right? And, and we want to try to preserve ourselves. Right. And if you don't see what it is you're trying to create, you won't choose to be disciplined. 
That's so true. I know uh, it's true for me. I don't want to speak for anyone else. So, okay. You ready for the nitty gritty part? Yeah, let's All do right. it. You know, I, I want practical how-to steps, right? Yeah. I, I, I try, I'll try not to get too detailed in my questions, but let's start vague and say, so how do you become more self-disciplined? Okay, so th- three simple words. Just do it. Hey, Nike. <laughs> right. I'm not just kidding. So, I've, you know, we've already talked about some of this, but I, I see this, the sequence of this is, you know, first of all, let me quote Jim Rohn to you on this because he has this great thing he says. It's easy to do and it's easy not to do. Hmm. And it's because it's easy not to do it and we have the freedom of choice, mm. we will often choose not to do it. But it's not yeah. like it's really hard to do. Even though the word discipline sounds hard, it yeah. sounds like it's something. The fact of the matter is, this isn't rocket science. I mean, people do this all the time. And, yeah. and it's not like you don't have the skill to do it. So the first thing is to shift your thinking. you know, And that is to start to see the benefit of it, the stuff we, we already did. you know, Because I used to see it as just being totally restrictive. And now, I think especially when I turned 50, I started to see the urgency that I needed to have and the things that I wanted to do. Uh And it shifted my thinking a lot about how I structure my time, what I do with it, when I get up, what I do when I get up, how late I stay up, what I read, how often I read. I have a work plan that I work from every morning that has a schedule of what I do. I would never, ever, ever have done that. When I was your age, never. That was anathema. It's getting to me. hard to breathe. Just I know, right? You start to constrict. <laughs> yeah, like I'm suffocating. Stop. I know. I can, I can see it. <laughs> I can see it in you, and I've actually felt it myself. But you know, the reason I do that is because I know what I want to accomplish. Hmm. I see it as a tool for me to accomplish my goal, not as a restriction. Does, does it take? Well, let me ask it this differently. Has it taken away from anything in your life that you had prior to all that discipline? Like, was there anything that was in your life, no. like sense of freedom? Uh, no, or? in fact, it's, it's, th- that's the profound irony of it. it. Being more disciplined in how I use my time has freed me to have even more spontaneity. Huh. I mean, I get a lot of people that ask me, how do you do all the stuff that you do? Yeah. Right. And I just, I know you and I still ask. <laughs> <laughs> but well, the thing is, is because I'm very, structured and not not highly overly structured even in the structure that I have I have a lot of degrees of freedom that allow me to have fun with what I do mm-hmm. but I know that I have to erect some structures mm-hmm. now I love what one of the guys that I read I can't remember who it was otherwise I'd give him a citation for this but he said structure is needed where self-discipline is the weakest huh. right and That's I good. and I I thought about that I'm like yeah I don't need discipline in some of these areas of my life that I feel like I already have where I need structure is where the stretch is the hardest, where the need is the greatest. And, you know, I was just going over, we have a, a bridge by our house. You go over, I think, to get here, the Cedar Avenue Bridge. Possibly. Yeah. Right. And so if you go over this bridge, it's just a concrete structure until you get to where the river is. And then there is these metal girders that span the bridge, right, that mm-hmm. suspend the bridge and keep it going across the river, right? Right. Well, that's structure. It's structure to support something that would otherwise be weak. If they used the normal roadway and the normal way they built the bridge, it w- it would fall down. So it needs additional support. So think about discipline, that the things that you put in your life, is that uh, those additional girders that you put on so that you can get across to the other side. It's a supporting thing, not a restricting thing. So, okay, 
Help me understand. What's the difference between discipline and structure then? Well, structure is the way in which you put something together that you're going to be disciplined about. So in other words, the structures that I put in place are what I do when I get up. So I've structured my time in the morning for you know my reading and my journaling and the things that I do. That's the structure or the sequence. The discipline is me staying within that, mm. right? And I know that by staying within that, I'm getting closer to accomplishing what I want to do. So I put a structure in place that allows me to get there. And the discipline is my commitment to that structure, is my commitment to saying, this is a non-negotiable for me. I'm going to do this every day. So several years ago, and I know we talked about this, I made a commitment to journal every day, Yeah. right? And it was non-negotiable. And that hurt because it's one thing when you don't have anywhere you need to be right away in the morning and you get up and you do your journaling and all is fine and well, you got your tea and you can enjoy life and the birds are singing and all the rest and you've got happy thoughts, yeah. right? But when you've had a hard day and you're really tired and you didn't get it done in the morning and it's three o'clock in the morning already because you've been up late and you say, I'm not going to go to bed yet until I finished my day's journaling, that's when the rubber hits the road. That's when you decide whether... This is this something you're committed to or not? And if you choose to be disciplined in something, you should choose to set your sequence about it in such a way that it can be a non-negotiable for you. Okay. So if you're going to exercise, you set your exercise regimen. Not that I'm going to exercise 30 minutes every day, you know, whatever. I mean, that's great if you can, but set it in such a way that you can say, this is the level to which I can make it a non-negotiable in my life. This is what I'm going to do. Okay. So I'm trying to follow all the process. So it sounded like at first, and help, help me if I'm, if I'm saying this wrong. So first it started out with the greater why. Mm-hmm. So find your greater why, mm-hmm. right? Second was set a goal, mm-hmm. tangible goal that you can achieve. What came after that? S- set the structure to meet that goal where you most need it. Mm-hmm. So why goal structure and what comes after structure? Well, so let's talk about a little bit more about the structure part of it because it's part of the goal. So you have to apply where it's most needed. In other words, pick one area. Okay. Right? So there's a lot of areas where you might need discipline. You might find that you're weakest there. So for instance, one of the areas that I've consistently had in my life that I needed to get more disciplined around was how often I said yes. I would say yes so frequently to things because I get excited about it. Yeah. Because somebody bring up an idea and I go, oh yeah, I can see it. I can vision it in my mind's eye. And the elixir here was that if I could envision it in my mind's eye, I get really excited about it and I realize, oh yeah, let's do that. And I commit to it. And then I realize, wait a minute, it's a lot different visioning it than it is bringing it to life. And now I've just committed to a lot of hours of doing something that I didn't need to do. Yeah. So it's a very simple discipline, but it's a discipline of saying, now when I'm confronted with something, I say, no, I need to take that offline and give a response later. Let me think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I apply that. I get distance from it in order to give a proper yes or no, as opposed to making an impulsive yes or no. Mm-hmm. Back to the question, where are you most impulsive? So if you want to look at discipline, look at where does your impulsiveness get you into trouble? Right. right. Sometimes impulsiveness is great. I, I can go out and decide, hey, we're going to do a movie and a pizza tonight. And it doesn't get me into trouble. It's fun. Right. Yeah. But there are times where your impulsiveness, like it gets me into trouble because I'll say yes and make a commitment to things that I shouldn't make a, a commitment to. Or for instance, I might get easily angered when somebody brings up something, right. And I don't have the discipline of controlling how I respond to them. In which case, again, 
distance is needed. And when that comes up, you need to then say, all right, my discipline here is that I'm going to set a separation. Hmm. See, discipline doesn't always mean that it's about a work thing and you're sitting down to do work. It could just mean it's about how you're going to discipline yourself in a given situation. And that means that you're preconditioning yourself. And psychologists talk about this a lot, about the value of preconditioning what you might expect. So when you know something's going to happen, and you're, it's likely to trigger you in some way, deciding ahead of time how you're going to respond, like, okay, I'm going to take a breath, I might have to create some separation, that's a disciplined response, hmm. right? As opposed to just being impulsive and then getting yourself into trouble, right? right? We've dealt with procrastination a lot in the past episodes, right? right. Uh, I think we did one on episode 70, How to Beat Procrastination. There are a lot of great ideas in there, but that's an area where discipline usually goes all to heck because you know we're waiting until the last minute to try to get something done, and we hate doing it, and it's yep. coming up and all the rest. But you know, the idea about self-discipline in procrastination, of course, listen to that episode for a bunch of ideas there, but a key core thing... F- related to structure is do I set aside time that's calendared, and we've talked about this before, right. that allows me to do deep work, that allows me to do the kind of work that that's required. And then I calendarize it and I say, this is the time I'm going to do it. And it's non-negotiable. In other words, somebody calls me up to go do something. I say, no, I have an appointment with myself, or I don't even say who it's with. I have, I an, have appointment. an appointment. <laughs> yeah, I have an appointment. Yeah. And this is what I got to do. Okay. So we got Know your why, set your goal, create a structure. So here's my question after that. Obviously, there are some points to the structure is, do you set a timeline? Is there a deadline? Like a deadline I'm, for discipline? No, because I think you get better at discipline all the time. But I think the thing about it is what you're trying to do is you're trying to identify the one habit, the one thing that you can fix, right? And we've talked about this back in episode 21 on how to create habits. But the the key is to identify the one area. You know, when we feel out of control and not disciplined in every area, we almost think that it's tempting to just do a whole do-over, right? I'm just, yeah. My whole life needs to, I just need to get more disciplined, yeah, totally. right? And we say, I need to get more disciplined. And that's this umbrella thing that we feel like we need to have a garage sale and everything goes out to the end of the curb and we hope somebody buys it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we come back and we're all better. Right. But the fact of the matter is that isn't how it works. Yeah. And it isn't like we need all discipline. We don't need to do a garage sale. Just pick one thing that you're going to develop a habit around. Mm. And that's the key because otherwise what we're trying to do is we're trying to dispense with everything in our lives and we're never going to get there. In fact, it's going to be harder to get there. And when you choose one thing that you get better at, psychologists have shown that your willpower actually increases in other areas. In fact, it it's, takes remarkably little things to increase your willpower in another area. There was one study that demonstrated that willpower to make other decisions, favorable decisions for you, increases just after you've made decisions to sit up straight. It can be as simple as choosing just to sit up in a, in a more erect posture that allows you to be more inclined to make other healthy decisions for yourself. Wow. Just simple stuff like that. So start with one thing and make it non-negotiable and that you're going to just do at the frequency that you decide you're going to do it at. Or you know, if it's situational, like somebody angers you, you, you know how you're going to respond and you keep track of that. Okay. And that's something every time you do. So in conclusion... In the conclusion, start small. Okay. You know, don't do the whole, don't do the whole thing. You know, okay. Don't try to have a garage sale. Right. <laughs> Pick the one thing. The temptation 
to try to clean up your life. This isn't it. You get disciplined by small steps, like Van Gogh said. That's how you get into to building something great. And this is a permanent self-discipline. This isn't something you're doing for 90 days. Well, I think, isn't that the idea? Yeah. Because don't you but have, a, don't you have a great idea to keep yourself improving all the time and yep. to, to, to grow in character? And, and the thing that you find that you want to improve in your life is likely to change over time. Hmm. You know, like the areas that I need self-discipline in now are different than I did a year ago or two years ago. Hmm. I don't think we ever find ourselves as a place where we don't need self-discipline in an area. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an area we're always going to grow in. Yeah, that's a fact. All right, so is that the challenge that you want to lead us out with? Well, then? I think that's a pretty good challenge. Just pick an area. Find something in your life that you can be more disciplined in and and, and decide the minimum non-negotiable starting point. And that's key. You know, we try to make this big thing and we think we can pivot very quickly, but just take a small step. What's the minimum starting point? You'll feel so much better about it. What's the minimum non-negotiable starting point in an area where you want to accomplish something great? amazing well if there's an inspirational point that i got out of this is still that case study Mm -hmm. between the legacies of those two men Mm -hmm. your self-discipline was a difference between leaving a legacy of murderers (laughs) people in prison or creating a legacy of preachers military vets professors and whatever vice presidents (laughs) vice president of the united states of america come on yeah do you want to be a max jukes or jonathan edwards that's amazing. choice is yours as jim Rohn said it's easy to do and it's easy not to do well i hope if you're listening to this you enjoyed this and found this as useful as i just did because this is the first time i think i've been inspired listening to a self-discipline talk (laughs) and didn't throw up if you did like this please check us out at reinventure.me backslash itunes and leave us a review and if you want to interact with us leave us a question or comment on our show notes at reinventure.me backslash 126 or better yet give us a call 612-314- Five four four seven. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, this is Armin Asadi and Larry Gates saying adieu. See you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>